This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. And walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Aren't you thankful that Jesus was obedient to the Father, that Jesus humbled himself and did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but took the form of a servant and was obedient even unto death, death on a cross, bearing our sin and our shame in our place so that we can have salvation through faith in him. And because he has done that, because he's been faithful in providing salvation for us, God has exalted him so that his name is above every name and every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Praise be to God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and we pray that you would speak to us clearly and powerfully as we look together at Ephesians chapter 5. Thank you so much for giving us the example of Jesus, but he's more than an example, he's our Savior. We trust in him for salvation, and then we follow him as Lord and as the one we want to emulate. So thank you for his love for us, to give his life for us. May we love others in that same way, laying down our lives in service for them. In Jesus' name, amen. The point of this message in the ID Check series in the book of Ephesians is how to imitate God. And I find that title from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1. How to imitate God, and I'm not able to use the clicker. Uh, how to imitate God is from Ephesians 5 verse 1, follow God's example in some translations, is imitate God. Now, here's a question for you. Can you imitate God? And the answer to that is he has attributes that are solely his as God. Only God is omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. Only God is omniscient, that is all-knowing. Only God is omnipresent, that he's present everywhere, only God is um, able to have these attributes. But there are attributes that he has that we can emulate. Because of his grace, we can grow in his holiness. Because of his grace, we can grow in love, his love. Because of his grace, we can practice forgiveness as he has forgiven us. So we are to be imitators of God. 
So how do we imitate God? We walk in Christ-like love. We don't participate in disobedience. We do whatever is good, right, and true. And we are filled with the Spirit of God in order to imitate God. Let's look at these four things as to how to imitate God. First of all, we're to walk in Christ-like love. You are never more like God in terms of imitating him than when you love others because God is love and those who know him love. So we are to follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I had the privilege of doing a wedding here a couple of weeks ago, and I see the newlyweds right in the second row from the back here, Don and Bonnie. Congratulations. And Don and Bonnie, we just cheer you on, on that great love that you have for each other, and the exchange of vows you made publicly before God and friends and family that support you. And uh, I remember saying to you, Don, distinctly, that you're to love your bride as Christ loves the bride of the church, that Christ laid down his life for the church, and you are to lay down your life for Bonnie, and that's not just the heroic one time when you jump in the way and you protect her, but it's a constant laying down of your life. It's a constant giving up of your preferences. It's a constant serving. It's a constant consideration of showing Christ-like love. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. So Christ loved the church by giving his life for us. Jesus said, no greater love does someone have than to lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus laid down his life for us. We are dearly loved children of God the Father because we've been adopted into God's forever family because Christ died for us and we've trusted in him. By trusting in him, we have been adopted into God's family and now we're to walk in the way of love. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about in chapter 13, the love chapter, that faith, hope, and love exist, but the greatest of these is love. We are to love, and we're to love the way Christ loved us. Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by your love. Jesus had washed the disciples' feet. He was a towel wearer and a basin bearer, and he washed the dirty feet of uh, all the disciples before the Passover meal. And he said, if I, your teacher, wash your feet, then you ought to wash one another's feet. You ought to love one another as I have loved you. You ought to be towel wearers and basin bearers and serve one another humbly in love. So we imitate God the most when we walk in the way of love. Now this story goes back to uh, World War II and uh, there was a poor boy looking into the window of a bakery, just uh, drooling all over the place as his stomach was growling. 
He wished he could have one of those pastries in there. A soldier came by and he said, would you like one of those pastries? He says, yes, sir. And he bought it for him. And this little boy felt so loved. He looked up at that soldier and he said, Mr., are you God? Isn't that wonderful? You imitate God when you show love. A Salvation Army officer was trying to reach a homeless woman and uh, would invite her in for the meetings, but she never came in. One day she saw that homeless woman sitting on the curb and this Salvation Army officer sat down next to the woman and just talked with her and loved on her. The next time she came into the meeting and she trusted in Christ as her Savior and Lord. And the Salvation Army officer said, what made the difference? And she said, it's when you showed me the love of God. So people don't want to know how much you know until they know how much you care. We need to care for people. We need to love people. And when we do, they see the love of God. This is how I came to Christ. I went to Word of Life camp in Scoon Lake, New York, and I was on the island. And just the way the camp counselor showed me the way to my cabin, there was something about him, his kindness, his love, his friendliness, his warm welcome. I said, I want what he has. And that night when... Um, Don Wurtzen, or let's see, I think it was Don Wurtzen, preached the gospel, I went forward and trusted in Christ as my Savior and Lord. And praise God, it was that love that moved me to Christ. Maybe you have been experiencing the love of God, and you want to know Him. When I was a teenager, even though I was in a loving home, I felt like the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz. You know, you could just hit your chest and you hear a hollow sound. And I said like the Tin Man, if only I had a heart. I would be on my knees. I said, God, if you exist, teach me how to love. There was a hunger for love in my heart. Divine love. And that's what led me to trusting in Christ at Word of Life Camp. So we are to walk in Christ's love. And guess what? When you love others, it is a sacrifice of praise to God. Did you know that loving others is an act of worship? So worship is not just coming to church and singing hymns and listening to a sermon and giving of your finances to God's work. That is all worship, but worship is loving others. If you do everything unto the Lord with an attitude of love, you're worshiping Him. That's so important. Follow God's example because you are His dearly loved children. God loves you already, and out of the confidence and security of His love, you can love others. You don't have to prove anything. You just have to let His love flow through you. It says in Romans 5, 5, God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So you have a reservoir of love to show to others. And you know what we tend to do? 
we tend to get hurt, we tend to get our nose bent out of shape, we tend to turn the valve of God's reservoir of love off, and then nothing comes out. And then we become like the Dead Sea, full of salt, because there's no outlet. But we need to open that valve of God's love. Jesus in me loves you. There's times where I may not want to love you, but Jesus in me always loves you. So let the Lord love other people, even unlovely people, even ungrateful people, even people who are hurtful and, and who are thoughtless and, and who uh, take advantage of you. Love them anyway. Love them anyway. That's how we imitate God. Jesus told this story. He said, some of you invite people over because you know they're going to invite you over. Some of you pat people on their back because they're going to pat you on the back. But I say to you, invite people over who can't invite you over. And uh, when you do this, you're being perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. In other words, you're showing mercy and love to all people because the Father causes rain to fall on the good and the bad. He doesn't make a distinction between the good and the bad. He loves them all and he provides rain for all of them. And so God wants you to be perfect like your father in compassionate, merciful love. He's not saying be a perfectionistic person. He's saying be perfect in expressing the love of God, even to the point of loving your enemies and praying for them. That's radical, but that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Anybody can love people who love them, but a disciple of Christ is someone who loves someone who doesn't love them. We're to walk in love, the way of love, and it's an act of worship. Next, we are not to participate in disobedience. Don't participate in disobedience. This is so important. It's going to be in this section and the next section of Ephesians 5. First of all, 5, 3 to 7. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Notice your identity here. You are God's holy people, set apart for God's holy purposes. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Shirley was preparing some students for the spelling bee. And she said, now make sure that you have decorum. And they're like, what's that, Mrs. Diaz? Decorum. And she spelled it for them. And she says, it's proper behavior for the setting. Decorum. Guess what? That word was part of the spelling bee. So we are to have decorum. We are to resemble Christ and any of these things, sexual immorality and dirty jokes and, and uh, mean talk and cursing up a storm, uh, turning the uh, air blue, that's not <clears throat> part of what Christ wants us to do. It doesn't represent him. We're not to participate in disobedience. For of this, you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person 
such a person as an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Can you see the strong emphasis on don't participate with the disobedient? Don't act like they act. Don't talk like they talk. And don't do the things that they do because they're headed to judgment. They're headed to um, um, God's punishment. And deep down, whether they're immoral or impure or they're greedy, they're all idolaters. That means they all have another God before them except the true God. They've chosen to worship the creature and worldly things rather than the true God, the creator of all. And they will be judged. They, they will experience God's wrath upon them. Don't be partners with them. And notice something interesting going back one. It says in the very last line, but rather have thanksgiving. The sign of a spirit-filled Christian is a thankful heart, an attitude of gratitude. So instead of uh, speaking uh, with a foul mouth, instead of uh, being quick to turn every innocent thing into something dirty and having uh, a nasty innuendo, have your mouth be filled with thanksgiving. Always be thankful to God. Always be thankful to people. And guess what? In doing that, you resemble God. You are glorifying God, and you acknowledge that all good gifts come from the Father of lights in whom there's no shadow and shifting of change. So we are not to be partakers with the disobedient. Third, we are to do whatever is good, right, and true. Ephesians 5, 8 to 14. And this will also continue the do not associate with the disobedient theme. But first of all, let's read Ephesians 5, 8 to 14. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So here's the important truth as we see it. That first of all, your new identity, if you're tracking with me, is this. That you are a a child of light. Live as children of light. God is not only love, but God is light, 1 John 1, 5. And in him is no darkness at all. God is holy, and in him is no sin at all. And so you are representing and resembling God the most when you are about whatever is good and right and true. That's the fruit of light. All goodness, righteousness, and truth. That's what pleases the Lord, is being reflective of the Lord, imitating Him, 
following his example and not being a part of what the disobedient do in secret, but exposing that. Uh, everything that's done in secret will be made light. And that's why you want to live your life with integrity on the inside. Let your walk match your talk. Do whatever is good and right and true. Now right here, it's important to notice that once we were darkness. It says, for you were once darkness. Before we had trusted in Christ, the lights were all turned off inside us. We were spiritually dead. We were walking in darkness. We were stumbling over our own feet. We were blind to God's love. And we were slaves to Satan and to sin. But when we trusted in Christ, we were transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's beloved Son, the kingdom of light. And now we're children of light, and we walk in light, and we follow the light of the world, and we don't stumble, and we reflect the light. So do good deeds in front of men that, that they may glorify your Father in heaven and give him all the glory and praise. We're to let our light shine. You remember that little children uh, story, uh, song, This Little Light of Mine. I saw Billy Graham, Cliff Barrows, and George Beverly Shea online singing that song. And you thought, what? Does Billy Graham sing? And so there's Cliff Barrows who plays trombone, and, and there's uh, George Beverly Shea, the great baritone's voice, singing, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And uh, when they get to the part of uh, not blowing it out, Billy Graham would say, uh, No, no, I'm not going to blow it out. And so his part was no, no, no. And they were the singers carrying it. It was very cute. Um, and the point here is, we're to let our light shine. And don't let Satan blow it out. All right? And then, the last point. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5, 15 to 20. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying here that by being filled with the Holy Spirit, you can reflect God. In uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, you have been given everything to become a partaker in the divine nature. You've been given God's precious promises, which is his word, and you've been given divine power, which is his Holy Spirit. So is it possible for you to imitate God? Yes, it is. How? Through the Word of God and through the Spirit of God. You need to yield your life 
and allow the Holy Spirit to have full reign over all your life. You say, Lord, empower me by your Holy Spirit. Lord, conform me to the image of your son, Jesus. Lord, help me to be loving. Help me to be forgiving. Help me to do what's right and good and true. Help me to say no to people who want me to do evil things with them. People who are cursing and telling bad jokes. Help me to move away from that because that's not what you want me to be about. The Holy Spirit is your source of power. You cannot live the Christian life in the energy of your own flesh. You need to ask the Lord to empower you. Again, remember Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. Paul prayed that the eyes of their hearts might be enlightened, that they may know the power of the Holy Spirit who resurrected Jesus from the dead. You have resurrection power in the Holy Spirit to do God's will and to resemble Him, to imitate Him. But you have to rely on the Holy Spirit. I wake up in the morning and I just ask the Lord to fill me and control me and to live His life through me. And then when I start getting busy and involved in things, I have to stop and step back and say, Lord, fill me and empower me so that you are seen in me. And that's what the word fill means. The word fill means to continuously be filled. You're not just filled one time and then you're good to go. You've got to keep being filled. Keep on keep being filled is what the text is telling us. And guess what? When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, what is the number one sign of a Spirit-filled, Word-centered Christian? Thanksgiving. I cannot emphasize that enough, that a thankful attitude is a sign of a Spirit-filled Christian. So do an inventory. Think about this past week. Have you been complaining and grousing and whining and having self-pity parties for one Or have you been thanking the Lord? Have you been grateful to God? Have you been relying upon Him with a humility that is so appreciative for all He does and how He's working in your life? This is the game changer. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and have a thankful attitude. And then you don't want to go to the dark side. You don't want to traffic in what the devil wants you to do because you're grateful, you're content, and you're happy in Jesus. Let Jesus be enough. Let Jesus be your all in all. Let Jesus fill you through and through by his Holy Spirit. And then you will imitate your loving Heavenly Father. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these truths that are so important from Ephesians 5. By your Holy Spirit, help us to walk in Christ-like love. For your Spirit has poured into our hearts your love. By your Holy Spirit, help us not to participate in disobedience, but to move away from it. Holy Spirit, may we listen to your still small voice when you tell us, don't go there. And Lord, by your Holy Spirit, bear the fruit 
of all that is good and righteous and true in our lives. Fill us that we may have an attitude of gratitude, a spirit of thanksgiving, a heart that is overflowing with contentment and appreciation and with peace. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who leads us into all truth and who empowers us to become more like you. May we be imitators of you in all the right ways and worship you for the ways that we can't be like you because only you are God. And we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.